Hello, friends, and thank you so much for listening. This is Ryan. I hope you can tell. And our episode today is a bit special in that we had some audio issues with Todd's mic in places. Our amazing engineer and producer here at New Leonard Media had a fix, uh, but you'll definitely be able to tell where these fixes happened. It's not terribly annoying, but I still think you should listen to the episode and you will get a lot out of it. And definitely watch the film Exam. Thank you so much for being with us on this journey so far. And if this is your first listen, thank you for the opportunity to entertain you. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, it is. Evil. And evil. Not our real names. Not our real names. Nailed it. Oh, you want me to do my bit? Okay, here we go. Who are those guys? You're going to love it. It's just a little independent. That might have been too much, man. Welcome to A Little Independent. Ali. The podcast where two friends talk about indie, obscure, or just plain weird movies. And just celebrate independent film. That's right. My name's Ryan. And I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the studio today. <laughs> this is a, hey, that, a recurrence that I, I'm starting to love, actually. Yeah, when the engineer laughs out loud, then, then we might be on the right track. Engineer. Well, <laughs> I don't know why I decided to bore out that. My son, my son has, has been, my son, you know, like I guess most idiots my age, I, I do the Borat voice. It's an easy one to do. And my 10-year-old boy does it all the time now. And he's he's doing it for his own, you know, things to say. But he, he throws at my wife and great success. And I'm in so much trouble at home because of it. <laughs> there is. Why the rest of the family's not going along? Is it because the movie, because of the sequel, maybe because the Golden Globe just came out and that actress was nominated for Best Actress? I think it got nominated for Best Film. So, did seeing the second one like reinvigorate that accent in me, or have I just been doing this? Probably been doing since I lived in Miami. I saw that movie in 2004 or something. Wow, oof, it's been stewing. Yeah, this was unplanned. So um here's our podcast we are on an episode i'm glad that we're having because we we completed a third episode and i'm glad we're still friends uh yeah. <laughs> you know some we, some hot insights in that one <laughs> we we came back yeah, I, yeah. I, we're still friends right you're not absolutely you know you're not Wait, tearing ab- your shirt off from... abs- absolutely oh okay that was that was my beautiful should Rocky. i drago i can do i must break him Drago. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, interesting third episode. Maybe a little longer than normal ones. Who knows how it's going to turn out? But I'm glad we're here. Yeah, we <laughs> we went a little long in that one. In in looking back, uh, listening to a couple of them, I just want to address a couple of things, inconsistencies on, on my part. In one particular episode, I talk about how I don't like face acting, and then in another episode, I talk about how I really like face acting. Um, so that's a contradictory situation and I'm here to say, I don't know how I feel about it. I I don't apologize for flip-flopping my position on face acting. So who knows what episode one and two, I think. Yeah. Okay. So that's just an inconsistency. Um, and in the last episode, I talked about a shared universe within a most beautiful Island. Like I I threw it in there, like this is going to pay off at the end. And I didn't. So what I was going to suggest is a most beautiful island shares a universe with the movie Money Plane. Have we talked about Money Plane <laughs> with Kelsey Grammer? 
you've mentioned. I have not seen. Yeah. It. So it, it, real short, it's a it's a money plane. People are betting on things. There are table games, and then there are screens, and there will be like a guy in a warehouse with a cobra, and they're betting on how long he's going to live after he gets bit. Okay. And then it goes to a, a, a screen, two guys in a warehouse trying to stab each other. So they're in international airspace yeah, and so they can I, gamble on on these death. things. <laughs> and I think maybe most beautiful island spider situation is a shared universe with the Kelsey Grammer classic oh. money plane. <laughs> Except they went deep down in the bowels of a basement in Manhattan. Right, G1. As opposed to... <laughs> but I thought that was G1. kind of interesting. I did, it didn't pay off, and I didn't want the listeners to be robbed of that. But a a big part of the last episode was a movie I, I didn't necessarily see eye to eye with you on but you you convinced me of a bunch of different things and it really was cool listening back on it okay and and i i look at that movie with with more fondness obviously just obviously respect for the filmmaker and how it was done but i i just found some silly things okay but a big part of you convincing me that <laughs> i was I feel a like real I'm about asshole to be blindsided I, I feel ill prepared for what's about to happen and i'm sorry if this is redundant for the listeners but um in in the movie, I I accused the lead actress of dipping a blow pop in her coffee, and Todd was quick <laughs> to say it was ketchup. Yes. And long story short is is that was her second meal of the day was a a sucker dipped in ketchup, and I felt immediately shamed. But I, I was thinking, and what was the first meal? The first meal uh, was a, a slug of orange juice. Yeah. So I I was. I was perplexed by this because I, I felt like she was dipping her. So what I did is I went back to the tape. And I know this is a podcast. This may this is not really visual. Todd's going to do some some work here. Oh, no. Is I got some photos from the film <laughs> A Most, uh, Most Beautiful Island. And I, I printed them in black and white because I'm not going to waste color on something I, I, stupid like this. So I just watched 13 episodes of The Staircase in two days. And I feel like I'm on the stand right now. Being, I'm about to get some, the evidence handed to me. <laughs> so I need you just to describe what you're looking at. Oh, jeez. This, um, this is a court case. Okay, here we go. Uh, first photo. All right. That's our that's our Anna looking down. I'll tell you she's actually reaching into her rucksack for her sucker. Okay. But what else do you see in the photo? Uh, to the left is a pair of hands sticking into the screen and a nose. And it looks like they're probably in that cafe. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, and the very background is a cup of coffee. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so next photo. Oh, this is not good, folks. Next photo. I just uh, got, I just got just gonna, smacked. What, is, what do you see there? Is that a phone in her hands? Um, well, the quality of the... Uh, the quali- please please ex- <laughs> excuse the crudity of this model. Um, Objection. Oh, my attorney just objected. <laughs> that's, that, that's... Well, I'll, I'll help you out. That's a... a Kind of close up okay. of the actress having pulled the wrapper off of a blow pop, ladies oh, and gentlemen. I'm blow sorry. Pop. All I see is two nice pairs of legs. Um, you can't tell what she's actually holding. It's a dark object. <laughs> Cylindrical in shape. About the size of a quarter. Okay. Next. All right. Next. <laughs> Try not to get aroused. <laughs> that is the very next scene in the film. So the, the so previous this photo. Is an extreme close up of Miss Anna there with the 
with a fetish for on the she's she's blow just pop. she's just you know um, beginning on the blow pop Twirl, twirling around on her lips yeah, there. There you go. And then uh, the final photo. Now he snaps him away from his face. To... Is she dipping that in there? <laughs> Are you sure? Because I can't see the. You know end what? Of it. You people can't see it, so who knows? <laughs> it appears to be. We can move uh, right on if you want to. It appears to me a bug with a handle, but I swear to you that I saw it was a dish of ketchup. I'm going to rewatch it. There, there. Okay, there is a a close up of the coffee mug, and the coffee looks it looks like a shake, but it's clearly her dipping her 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 sucker in the uh, coffee. in coffee, which is equally depressing. Well, see with the ketchup. You know, it's more if you remember back in the Reagan days, ketchup was uh, a vegetable at the school food That's line. True. That's true. But and uh, so I was looking at it from the nutritional value. You know, she had uh, one sip of orange juice in the morning. <laughs> and uh, so. <laughs> well, I appreciate the listeners and in indulging us in that little tete-a-tete yep. with the great the, uh, ketchup coffee gate of My cross-examination. <laughs> I feel a little, uh, everything's a little tighter right now. I feel a little... Tense, you know, like like the defense attorney was just handing me the photos. What do you see just here? Because they look so they, they look so weird and black and white. I thought that kind of came across <laughs> as you so, know that surveillance photo. I just want to point out how you know we've already said how long that last podcast was, and now here we're spending all we're this time to on it, it again. So insanity. It must be a damn good movie. We're not going to get sponsors doing shit like this. <laughs> So uh, uh, this week, it's, uh, it's my movie. I picked a movie that I've been talking to you uh, about for a long time, I think. Yeah. Oh, no. you've mentioned this for a long time, and I never watched it. I may. Uh, it's it's a, a movie called Exam. came out in 2009. And I was telling Todd uh, the way I saw it was on disc via Netflix before you streamed. So this like was... something being... Sent to you in the mail. In the mail. So this was before Netflix redeemed itself and saved itself by starting to stream. And this was, I, I guess, you know, you're metal detecting. You just look through descriptions of the movie, same thing. Yeah. And you just hoped that the disc was available because sometimes there's a wait, remember, like in the queue. Yeah. It so wasn't available. <laughs> could you like do it on your smartphone or was this pre that or you doing it know. on your laptop? Kind of scrolling mostly, through the no, mostly laptop. I don't know. I don't think there was an app for it at all. Okay, never and made it that far. Look at this going down memory lane like eight <laughs> years. <laughs> I feel like we should cue some music. Like there's something you know, do, 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 some, do, kind of, do, do. some kind of upbeat '80s thing in the background. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Kenny G. Well, um, I'm here to tell you you can still get DVDs uh, via Netflix because I recently realized I still have an account. And I didn't like delete it. And we normally use my wife's and mine still has the DVD component. <laughs> In fact, did I lend you one recently? Still you, have kept, it. you still have I it. I still have it. Kung Pao, ladies and gentlemen. Kung, Kung Pao, Pao under the fist. It, you still have that. And I haven't watched it. That's Netflix why I haven't given has it not back. contacted me about this issue. And I, I've had it for two years. I think you own <laughs> Kung Pao under the fist now. Netflix doesn't give a rat's it's ass. Still, it's still in the mailback sleeve. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, our, our movie is called Exam. Uh, description. Uh, eight candidates for a highly desirable corporate job are locked together in an exam room 
and given a final test with just one seemingly simple question. However, it doesn't take long for confusion to ensue and tensions to unravel. Yes. Pretty accurate? Yeah, Having I think so. It? Does um, it give too much away at no, all? No, and I just want to point out, well, it's a writer-director again, right? Did you like it? Maybe we should go there. No, Did no, you? no. Let's let's just let it play out. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just want to, again, it's a writer-director, I think, which every podcast we've done so far. So far. Is, yeah. And producer on this one, right? Yes. Okay. So how incredibly difficult that is to do, um, to write and direct and produce your own movie. Um, well, I mean, you could say it's it's a, a, a style of movie we call um, one locations. One room, yeah. That's It's mostly set in one location. Yeah, and that makes the writing even more difficult. You know, just to be I in agree. one room. I mean, it, I mean, try it. Sure, <laughs> it's sure. It's really hard to do. To to keep the tension slowly ratcheting up, keep to keep it interesting, yeah. to have. I mean, because we can talk in one room for the length of a movie, but nobody might find it interesting. Right. <laughs> so we could do it. It's just yeah. nobody would care. They're in the fridge. They're washing dishes. Yeah. Uh, it's categorized as a mystery thriller. Pretty. I saw it as a, and I might have even read this too, a psychological thriller. I'd agree. Yeah, I think that's what I read on it, yeah. and that's I think that's spot on. And again, all of my stuff is from IMDb uh, for no apparent reason. And so going through the cast, did you recognize anybody uh, from the cast? Where I've got a couple of highlights, to, to yeah. but anybody stick out to you? I didn't. Um, it is a British film, mm-hmm. um, so they're, they're all Brits. I right. looked up one or two of them, but I did not – none of them stood out, no. Well – the IMDb listing, which is kind of interesting, is uh, listed first as Natalie Cox. And we're going to have to address something at the top here, is that <clears throat> they don't have character names in this movie. They decide to give each other names based on their traits. So <laughs> it's not very sensitive, uh, vaguely racist or sexist. They call each other. So um, just putting that out there now, it's not offensive, but... Uh, so Natalie Cox is blonde, and and because she's got blonde hair, yep. um, she was she uh, had a role in Clash of the Titans, the remake, twenty ten. Actually, oh, okay. like like a kind of minorish role. Um, Gemma Chan is listed as Chinese girl, and this is the girl who was not in the movie very long. She- Poor girl didn't even get a chance to get <laughs> yeah. get a racist name. So she she would have been yeah. Miss, Miss Yellow, I guess, right. I, probably um but this was her first feature film but she is probably the biggest star of all of them she was in jack ryan shadow recruit uh fantastic beasts and where to find them um transformers the last night little mark Wahlberg, uh and crazy rich agents which got a lot of love a couple years ago so she's gone on to do some big things yeah from this that's cool um i'm gonna try Chuck Woody Iwuji, who plays a character named Black, uh, he was in John Wick Chapter 2. I don't remember him in it, but I think that was kind of cool. And then this one got me excited because I saw this actress in a movie after Exam, but Pollyanna McIntosh plays Brunette. She's the one I looked up because of that name, Pollyanna. Oh, did you find something that you'd seen her in or anything? No, that that name, and you, you never hear that name. She is in that movie, Let Us Pray, P-R-E-Y, about the prison. 
Oh. Where Liam Cunningham from Game of Thrones, he plays Davos Seaworth. <clears throat> he ends up in this prison and just all hell breaks loose. She is the lead in that movie. Wow. Did She's really good in that. Man, I don't remember if I, I know you told me to watch it. I can't remember if it, it, yeah, it it's doesn't really sound good. familiar. Really, really good. Okay. She's great in it. And so I saw, she also happens to be in Clash of the Titans in 2010. So she's in a movie <laughs> with our lead, kind of. Yep. And then Jimmy Mystery, who plays Brown, I recognized him. He's in the shittiest disaster movie ever, 2012. Do you remember that? John Cusack? Yeah. It's a fucking know if worst. you were telling me the year of the movie. Yeah. No, it's the no, worst. It's, it's, it's terrible. But he's also in a movie called Rock and Rolla. Have you ever seen Rock and Rolla, the Guy Ritchie movie? <laughs> no. Now, knowing me, I'm going to tell you who's in Rock and Rolla and tell me if this is my perfect movie. Gerard Butler, Idris Elba, Toby Kebbell, Ludacris, Tom Hardy, and Jeremy Piven. Oh, my God. It is really <laughs> close. You throw Kurt Russell in there. Or yeah, Christian Bale. And, oof, and that's, uh, that's perfect cinema. <laughs> that... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, all Ryan's man crushes. That's right. And then uh, also I think the, the biggest star in this movie, at least at the time, uh, is uh, Colin Salmon. Uh, he is the invigilator. He had just an amazing voice. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm like, that's James Bond right there. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Do you know why he's famous? No. He's in three James Bond movies. No. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. He's in three Brosnan James Bond movies. Oh, uh, well, just his voice was like, he would make a hell oh. of a James, James Bond, you know, 007. Holy shit. And he's, wow. You heard it he's here in, live, yeah, folks. He's in three. <laughs> he's also in London Has Fallen, Gerard Butler. Yeah. He's in Punisher Warzone, which is one of the best Punisher movies made. Well, um, he, but, he yeah, is, he's in three. He's like M's right hand. He is perfect in this movie, though. He is, he is so spot on and you know role. don't think my clip isn't him in the beginning it is oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh in, in invigilator just so we can get it uh out of the way off the top is someone who watches an examination oh sorry is someone who watches examination candidates to prevent cheating it's a british oh. term i got when i looked it up supervisor of students taking an exam we're way off Way apart. Well, I think, I think they're yeah. both saying the same thing yeah. in a different way. It, it, it is a it's a British term. Yeah. Uh, I found Have a you couple heard of... that term before no. this movie. Me good because no. I thought I'm like all right, all his college degrees. Ryan's gonna make fun of well, this and that. I so just to get at it, I did you think sci-fi? Did you think futuristic at all? By his for this movie from his title, yeah. Or, or no, just like you know, in the movie in general. When you got into it, did you think it was a sci-fi movie at all? No. Oh, okay. No, I had I that mean, vibe had, right away. You had kind of over the last seven years, you know, mentioned it a few different times. So I knew it was yeah. all in one room, and I knew it was kind of like, uh, you know, a psychological yeah. thriller. It just for some reason felt sci-fi for me the first time I watched it. Oh, uh, I know why. Written and directed by Stuart Hazeldean, um, and the only other movie that I. I'd seen that he's noted for is The Shack in 2017. And there's a story credit given to Simon Garrity. <laughs> and I, I think I found why. And this is pretty, it, like, Stuart Hazeldean is a really good guy if this is why. Okay. But Simon Garrity has a story by credit. It's his only credit ever in any movie. Uh, tagline, 80 minutes, eight candidates, 
One answer, no question. One question lies before you. Inaccurate, I guess. <laughs> but I, no question yeah, is kind it, of fun. It's a good tagline, except yeah. it, that one the, the one comment there is a little misleading. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hour and 41 minutes, and from what I found, the worldwide gross was $394,000. Oh, uh, 12 angry men right there. So, and I think this movie has a few parallels to 12 angry men. It absolutely men. does, yeah. You know? Uh, a couple of notes. It was nominated for a BAFTA Award in 2010 for Outstanding Debut by a British Writer, Director, or Producer. And it won the Panavision Spirit Award for Independent Cinema at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival. Yes. So not as prestigious as other movies we've done, but... Uh, yeah, should we go into that again? No. The, the, <laughs> what do you think the Santa Barbara Film Festival is like? Well, it's international. I mean, a lot of... <laughs> A lot of old people just you're, complaining yeah, that it's too hot. You're more familiar with that area than than myself, but yeah, that uh, I'm just perpetuating weird stereotypes. Then I just think I mean it's, it's certainly like Boca. Wasn't. It's like the Boca International Film Festival. <laughs> just like this movie's too loud. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino Palm, sounds like a weirdo. Palm Beach outdoor <laughs> cinema by the pool. <laughs> uh, a few things that I know about the director. Uh, again, I watched some interviews. Um, uh, I don't know if you know, he is a very, very spiritual person. Okay. I Yeah, I got a lot of that in my notes because I kept seeing that theme throughout this, and I'm like, wow, this guy is really Christian really? spiritual, yeah. even in this, in this one. So when I looked it up, 2004, he was a writer-director of a movie called Christian. And it's about the Son of God coming back as a 14-year-old boy in a British high school named Christian really heavy no it's I don't know but so they're saying like Jesus comes this guy's a 14 year old boy in some rough tough um, British high school and that was he wrote and directed in 2004 I'm like wow that could be looked at it uh, in a few ways that could be looked at as a comedy if you read it that way yeah. but then he did the, he directed the shack which was that whole spirit yeah I don't know anything about it Oh, Oprah. God is played by a black woman. Oprah. Holy Spirit's played by a, an Asian girl. And then Jesus definitely looks Middle Eastern. This is his movie? He directed it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, is, he is very uh, he's, he's in Interestingly enough, his early inspirations were movies Star Wars, Blade Runner, and Alien. And the thing that I... Okay, this is a nerdy thing, but did you notice how... The title, exam, the letters kind of start to show up, like the opening credits of Alien. Oh, yeah. And now that you it's say exactly it. the same. Yeah. And and when I read that he was a huge fan of Alien, I was like, I see what you did there, fella. <laughs> and he said that the the idea for the movie was inspired by a call with a friend who said, "What if uh, like ten students went into a classroom for a test and the paper is blank?" Really? And I assume that's Simon Garrity, right? That must be, well, you got the story credit. So that a guy he talked guy. to on the phone who said that, he gave him an official story, story by credit. credit. Yeah. That's a good friend, I think. Well, that well, that was the initial seed, you know. that, that was, uh, that's And cool. then he said he kind of developed it, you know, into a more adult thing. And what if it was a job, well, yeah, uh, he's, job interview? He had a lot of layers in there. So yeah. it's it good writing. So the movie opens on on people kind of getting 
stressed in various states. Getting prepared for what may be like a job interview or something like, like extreme that. Extreme close-ups. Talking you don't to see anybody. The so again, he may have saved money. Just one location, mm-hmm. a mirror, a sink. Oh, yeah. And, and they, all, they all seem to be, have damage. Like there's a couple of them have cuts or blood dripping on the collar. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting. You see that they've been through been through some stuff, um, and then they you know they mentioned that right away. Well, I noted the the uh, the cast was being listed by number, and it was their actual name. And what what I noted, I, I mentioned the the list on IMDb is Natalie Cox, number one build. The movie has John Lloyd Fillingham, build number one. That's death because he's he's candidate number number one. one. And then they, so it's weird. But why do they bill it that it's way? It's weird credits. Because who do you think who would you say is the star or the lead of the movie? Is anyone? So that one should have been candidate one. You think? I I think it's interesting that they listed him based on who we find out he is. I think that's why he's candidate one number one. Right, but why list him number one in the credits? Just because it's well, they, they linear in by order the, of yeah. candidates. And Gemma Chan is billed second, She's both in the movie and on IMDb. And I timed it. She's in the movie. For seventy-four seconds, <laughs> it's yeah. not a joke. Some sometimes being uh, aggressive means you're the first one shot. Because my, my wife was psyched to watch this again as well. Because when we watched it, I think back maybe in two thousand nine ten, oh, when wow. I was still in, in Illinois. She really liked it too, so she was psyched to see it. And yeah. now she knows we're doing this. She'll start to help with, and so she said, "Time how long she was in this movie." <laughs> It's like yeah, out of here. Oh, good. So second build, seventy four seconds, and I, I thought it was interesting as the characters are being introduced. You mentioned a few things. So one, you see a guy flip a big coin. Yep. Then you see a guy put a little a bandage on a cut over his eye. Yeah. Then you see a close up of a band aid going on a girl's heel that goes into a shoe. Um. One character has little specks of blood on his shirt, uh, on his shirt cuff. Yep, he's trying to wash it off. And then the last one is a guy chomps down on a big blue pill. And chokes it down. And only... Trouble swallowing. Well, he doesn't take a drink of water. Yeah, either. it doesn't seem pleasant. It, I thought drugs or something like that. Yeah. And only two of them speak. Who we find out is uh, Mr. Black and Brunette. So yeah. I, I wondered, because, you know, again, well, I'm thinking, is that significant that two of them speak? Well, and, and Mr. Black, too, is looking in the mirror, and he's holding his cross, his cross necklace in his hand, and says, you know, something to the effect of all things are possible, or I can do anything, or something. So he's yeah. paraphrasing that all things are possible with God um, kind of thing. So they he introduces that quite early. And you have a lot of, a lot oh, of close-ups, really? and then it goes into my favorite— um, I don't know what you call this, but like Los Angeles, 2088. It just says soon. Yeah, I don't know what that meant. I I think that is the, kind of know, a weird psychology because, uh, spoiler alert a little bit, there is a pandemic element to this movie, which I totally forgot, to be honest. Um, and that made it kind of a little prescient. Like, oh, wow, this is interesting. I kind of forgot about well, that. It fits more today than yeah. Obviously but the idea is that 
this perpetually can be happening soon. So that's when I thought sci-fi, and it was a neat way to transition that. Um, but it opens on a on a, on the room that they're going to occupy. This, uh, how would you describe this room? So it's alien. Really, like like kind of like the ship and aliens. Kind of gives you that feel. It's very, uh, it's very metallic. It's very industrial. It's not welcoming at all. Nope. Low lit. Very low lit. Uh, and there are eight desks, and atop those eight desks. Uh, what looks like a piece of paper and a pencil. Yep. And they, they kind of pan around the room, which is just a dire space. So based on this intro and based on what's happening, I'm thinking, okay, does anybody really want this job? This seems like the worst experience ever. Everybody seems... <laughs> to go through that, yeah. you really have to want it. Or what you see in the beginning is what they've gone through to get to this point. Right. Oh, um, that's that's exactly what I think it is. Wow. The. The montage in the beginning, and yeah. because because our our James Bond guy is going to say that, and you have a clock at the end and a two way mirror, and they're brought in and they sit down. They no. all knew where to go sit, so they knew which candidate they were. Yeah, nobody was speaking without saying anything. And we have a guard who comes in, and one of the candidates decidedly notices the guard is armed. Yeah, the camera focuses on the gun for a moment. And that's odd. You know, in a, in a job interview. You know that this is serious. Yeah. And then we get our guy, the invigilator, who comes in. And his his bit was my favorite. So that's, I have my recording. Oh, this is going to be cool. Yeah, is that guy's voice, to your point. I'm like, yeah. I could listen to this guy. So it's I want set- him to read every audiobook. Exactly. <laughs> it settles on his feet and it, it, it pans up his body for a comically long time. But um it, Yeah, it, they focus on his shoes even walking in. This is not the whole thing, but um this is essentially he is instructing them, he's welcoming them, and these are the rules, and this is what's going on. The test is simple in comparison, yet it will determine who leaves this room with a contract of employment. And who leaves with a bus fare home? Through these trials, you've gained some idea of the power of this organization. So believe me when I tell you that there is no law in this room, but our law. And the only rules in here are our rules. There is one question before you, and one answer is required. If you try to communicate with myself, or the guard, <laughs> you will be disqualified. If you spoil your paper, intentionally or accidentally, you will be disqualified. If you choose to leave this room for any reason, you will be disqualified. Any questions? Best of luck, ladies and gentlemen. We're giving the eight of you 80 minutes. 80 minutes for you to convince us you have what it takes to join us. 80 minutes to determine the next 80 years of your lives. Begin. (laughs) So without the the gravitas of his, like if the guy came in like, You have 80 minutes. (laughs) Or if it's Woody Allen, you know, like it, 
the, the guy's the voice is so impressive. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh, so, what did you think from that? Like, what was your first thought? I immediately start. I immediately stop, pause, and I wrote down each one of his rules because I knew, I mean, you, you could feel it. This is setting up the entire movie. This is going to be important. I'm going to have to know what each of these rules are. And with it being all in one room, and, and I'm glad it paid off, the linguistic aspect of right. it was, was fascinating. And you, that's something that, that you like yeah. from a filmmaker. You like when they're, they're, they're setting you up, they're showing you kind of their cards with you know some surprises held, but you like that establishing these are the rules. This is what we're going to be into. Yeah, I mean, and every single word is going to matter in those quick instructions. Yeah, in the the big you know after one word will make a difference. Right, and they talk about that. Like, let's focus on what he said, what he didn't say. But these candidates uh, who've obviously been through a lot, maybe fights or you know whatever, what have you, they have papers in front of them. Let's say candidate one, two through eight. Yep. They turn the papers over. Blank. Yeah. Blank white paper on the back. So was that effective for you that that moment? Like, oh, yeah. did you expect it? Yeah, you're like, in a way. What the hell? You know, the same as all the looks on their faces. You know. <laughs> and I now I, now what? I found it odd that the the writing utensil was a pencil. Really? That that was the first thing. Like, okay, not a pen. I'm thinking sci-fi. Why why sci-fi? You think they're? Um... I don't know because because of the soon. The soon really put me in a okay. sci-fi frame of mind. I wonder. You know, I, I I'm, you mentioned before in the past that you may have likened it to uh, Will Smith taking his test in Men in Black oh, and dragging yeah. the desk over. Well, yeah. <laughs> is that where the All sci-fi right. is coming from? <laughs> no, that's arguably a really funny and perfect scene, actually. But it's kind of based on, you know, you're the best of the best. You yeah. Know, I mean, With honor, sir. Yeah. It's, it's kind yeah, of I don't know. Well, it's just, you know, it, okay, what's this? You know, maybe it's so sci-fi, it's retro, and, and they're going back to pen, pencils. But... <laughs> What happens in their confusion is Gemma Chan's character, I think, impulsively starts to write on her paper, and you see it saying, "I, I deserve this job because." So she's starting to write an yeah, essay. I, I believe I deserve. And she's taken out. And then, and then the guard. Seventy-four goes, seconds into the movie. Well, the, well, you see a hidden camera lens go. This is, this is that little thing. So you know they're being watched. That set that up. That's exactly how it sounded. Yeah. Just, it sounded just like Rambo 2 putting the broadhead on his arrow. Doing the broadhead. Because when you screw a broadhead on an arrow, it sounds like a drill bit going. Tears to arrow talk. <laughs> Back with you in a moment. Sponsored by Cabela's. Not really a sponsor. Adrian! Oh, wrong. But she's taken out. And is that. In a harsh manner, too. Essentially because she spoiled her paper. Absolutely, 100%. So the first thing out of the gate is don't write yeah. on this paper. Well, and my f- f- my lines in my notes was eight candidates, 80 minutes, and uh, 80 years. And then if you spoil your paper, question mark, because I didn't know what the definition of the clarify, word spoil was. We should clarify that for our non-British listeners. Well, that means and, to, and I'm one of them. to ruin it or besmirch it. Besmirch it. Well, yeah, you, it, it means it ruin. How do you smirch it? It means ruin. But 
you wouldn't think so is ruining that a normal it, British term? Spoil, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because we could get emails about this from any potential British. Uh, yeah. What is how? how but I I, I take it our uh, our email address, which I've said before. <laughs> a little independent podcast at gmail dot com. He's happy now. <laughs> but so she writes on it. So their their instinct is okay. We cannot write on these papers. Yeah, for sure. Because the next thing is you see all this. They're they're all uh, well. They I think it was brunette. Yeah. Boom! Down goes the pen, yeah. pencil. So they realize they can talk to one another. They decide on fake names. Well, and the, I found it interesting how they started talking because this made me think. All right, so you got this kind of dynamic. Everybody's confused. This is a high power position that everybody wants. They just watch somebody rip from their midst, and they're all just kind of sitting there in shock, like, "All right, what do I do now?" Did you suppose that she was off to be killed? And then, uh, no, I kind of did. That was fun for me. No, when she, like, <laughs> off she, to the incinerator with she you. She cries for her mom, right? She says, "Mom," or yeah, something like I, that. I assumed that she was off to be murdered. Like she was never coming. Yeah. yeah, you've seen too much. That's the sci-fi part. Goodbye. Seventy-four seconds. Probably got paid, you know, three hundred grand. But no, then, probably not. In a situation like that, I, you know, it just felt right what happened. One guy who I called Alpha. Alpha. You did too? Yeah. Did you You put that? That's right Major here. Alpha. Alpha stands up. Mr. White. Yeah. yeah. And but, it's his decision not to use names. And, and when when you're looking at this from a sociological perspective, you're, you're like, okay, these are clearly highly talented people, but- patterns are going to emerge and people are going to try to dominate right off the bat which right. is interesting about a movie like this yeah and later on you know one guy comments that they're all type a's but there's always a type a of the type a yeah and you know and that made sense to me and and then of course it moves the story forward. and then you start to think what would i do in this scenario would i be the one who's suggesting would i be the one who's coordinating would i be alpha-ing like mr white but they start to hone in on how to expose the question on the paper so is it not you obviously can't write on it because at one point they were going to try to use the dull end of a pencil then they think it's lighting maybe there's special uv lights so they try to get the emergency lights on and smash the lights and all the while you forget about the security guard but this dude is just in there like a robot stone faced yeah not moving Buckingham Palace style. I mean, what a bizarre day that is. Yeah, so they're trying to see Especially if the... as the movie gets on in, in later in a later scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, the end But there. what a weird, like, what if he had to fart? Well, that's another sci-fi part. He's robotic. He could have been a robot. If he had to take his shit? Like, if Robots he really, would shit. he just, do you think he's a robot? He could have been. Going sci-fi. with your sci-fi. Okay. But if he, like, if he had to, if something happened, like ate the wrong thing in the lunch at the cafeteria that day. That's happened he, to me. And he's got to be like, <clears throat> I know we got this thing where I got to look like this stone-faced dude. I'm going to shit my pants right now if I don't get 80, out of here. 80 minutes. <laughs> 80 I can't minutes. go. I can't do it. <laughs> Timas Enema. I, I don't know what he does. But uh Yeah, he doesn't, eat, he doesn't eat two hours you know, before he goes in there. So they 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 try to to manipulate the lights, and then you start to see little traits of – people coming out because Mr. Black seems to have some knowledge of yeah, lights their personalities and, the, are coming and, to life. and photosensitivity. He starts to have some authority there. So they, they, uh, once Alpha starts the conversation rolling and says it's not what 
Is he a, just it's, a douchebag off the at the get? Not yeah. just because, oh, and he's good at it too. He you is, hate this. This guy. is a great performance, yeah. actually. Every one of them is does their character really well, and it's hard. Again, you're in one room, and there's a camera guy, and they're circling you, well, and, and you got to perform this. What's well. so notable about about British films, and and I'm going to liken this to the weirdest thing, but the Great British Baking Show. It's <laughs> remarkable. I know, I know. Are you okay, shocked, everybody? <laughs> But it's this British baking show, and and the candidates are all British, but they're from all over. They're from Asia. They're from India. It's such a diverse group of people. They're all British, but this is the same thing. If you look at this, this movie is made here, yeah. and it's like the cast of Friends. Throw them in a room. You know, this is really diverse, and it's on purpose casting-wise, but you see that in British productions where it's much more multicultural, and I think that that makes a movie like this more interesting, even though they're being so racist with one another. Well, yeah, we calling each other their skin color. Address that. He he decides he being alpha. Um, they decide. Okay, we'll use nicknames. So he goes, "Let's make this easy. I'm white because he's a white male." He points at the black guys as you're you're black. You're uh, Gandhi. Nope. Oh, he starts Don't calling like him Gandhi. Gandhi yeah, and he says you're brown. brown. And then uh, same so, with the girls, brunette, blonde, and. It, dark. Did that bother you? I mean, yeah. So he there's calls two. The other brunette, dark. At least, well, because maybe I don't think her hair was any darker, but he just got the sense of dark from her, and then uh, yeah, he didn't have to deal with with the other one because she was already gone. So then well, uh, it, it, they come up with the light idea to check the papers. So there's lights around the room, and they're go, each going up, holding their paper up to the light. Nothing. And then Alpha's just being such a douche, like this is the stupidest idea. You stupid. But did you see what he did when uh, Brunette walked up and was holding her paper up to the light? Uh-uh. Did you see what Alpha was doing? I don't think so. He was staring right at her ass the whole time. Well, of course he was. Because he's just that douche. Yeah. And, and guys never do that. No. I'm glad we're dispelling myths here. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so he, he's not super supportive of it, but you can tell he's kind of clocking the situation, going to use it to his advantage. And... I, there was kind of there wasn't a lot of humor in this movie, but there was one funny line I noted, and I th- it's when they smashed the the ultraviolet lights, yeah, or they, expose the ultraviolet lights, and so they notice these other row of lights and these beyond the other ones slit slits in the wall, and they're trying to determine if like in a painting if infrared light can show the sketching beneath the right. painting. So they're and all decent ideas. Yeah. If I, I was in this position, they're, what else do you do? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a question. They got to figure out the question. And Brunette says, "At least we'll get out of here with great tans." Uh, so, one bit of levity in a movie that's not, and I don't mind a well, movie that has no humor. And my my bit of levity quote is also from Brunette coming up here. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Mm. We, we were. Did we watch this together? Or did you know, holding hands? Holding <laughs> with our husband pillows. I can- <laughs> I got to get mine. And we're just plugging everything. So for White's douchedom and just being a total tool, he's obviously there for a reason. And he does have a couple of good ideas. He decides to write on Candidate 2's paper, which is left behind, to see if that technically means spoiling his paper. And it doesn't, which is pretty clever, I I have to say. Well, when they, yeah, it was suggested that you could rub the pencil on it and you would see the, the well, question Well, but his idea out. was, well, can we write on something? I I was told not to spoil my paper. Can I write on another's? And he, again, candidate two, who was escorted out, he grabs her paper, writes on it, 
nothing happens. Right. And that's kind of taking a gamble. Well, again, that comes back to the, that first introduction and going down to the single word. And it's a, he, he said, the invigulator, is that how you say it? He <laughs> says, if you spoil your paper, um, either uh, intentional or by accident, you will be disqualified. If you, yeah, doesn't mean you he can't doesn't spoil say somebody else's. If your paper gets spoiled, or if you're allowed, because if because I was actually off track a little bit, I was thinking, all right, just grab your friggin' pencil, run around the room, and draw on everybody's paper. You win. Oh no, no. But no. it you was draw, you can draw on everybody else's it, paper, right? But, yours. but it was down to that one word. Yep. You, you couldn't go and spoil somebody else's paper. I noticed one thing early on, and it didn't occur to me until now. Um is you had the close-ups of all the candidates. But candidate one was definitely not as well-dressed as everybody. This is the first time I noticed that. And you know what I immediately thought of when I when they showed him was uh, usual suspects. Like a verbal Kent situation? Like a Kevin he, Spacey? He, he was Kaiser Sose. Yeah. Well, look at you. Yeah. I mean, because he was so out of place with everybody else, I immediately thought of usual suspects. That's that's really I, – I, I didn't go there, but that's – intuitive that's really in- I just I, thought he, that he he might have everybody was so polished and he just had a collared shirt but well, no he's tie he's over he's you know everybody's got great perfect posture you and know? they call him deaf because he doesn't respond to yeah, anything that they're doing and but inexplicably he starts starts speaking french and well, well, looking like he's losing his mind yeah we're almost to that part so we've eliminated the the lights right all the lights don't work then they come up with the idea of water along with the pencil part. So he, he rips uh, Candidate 2's paper, hands some to the some to the girls and some to him. And, and uh, oh, is this the he water? walks over in the corner and decides to relieve himself on the, on the oh, paper so they, to see if the writing would come out. They try to get the paper wet yeah. in different ways. And so, of course, he invites one of one of the girls to come over and hold it for him. And which one does he prefer? Oh, does he say uh, something pervy to somebody? Yeah, he says, well, brunettes. Oh, she says, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, you don't want to know what I'm doing over here. It's <laughs> Australian. Said no accent, so why are we Yeah, doing he this? says, I'd prefer blonde came and hold it. And then, and then brunette says uh, my quote, oh, great, a pissing contest. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Like, I totally like forgot you know, about that. stupid boys. That's all they ever do. Yeah, is get into a fight with each other and blah blah blah. But you know, it was just really funny the way. So she is this that. when brunette goes to the guard, the security guard, and roots through his pockets? That's later. Oh, that's later. That's for the. That's when the fire stuff comes in. That's right. So they're they're still trying to figure out what what is the question. What is the question? Yep. What is the question? So the P and on it doesn't work. And this is when Def starts to start speaking in French out of nowhere and freaking everybody out, saying, can you see it? It shows you yourself. Well, um, yeah, he's speaking in French, and then uh, our um, Dark is interpreting, um, which is definitely in line with her character when we find out who she is. Yeah. So, so this is my spiritual moment. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, the French. Uh, so... You know, it's translated. He's speaking in French, and he says, can you see it there? Yeah, can you see it there? It shows you yourself. To see clearly is all. And he's looking at the blank piece of paper. Um, 
So what struck me was that a blank piece of paper is basically like everyone sees um, what they are inside. And, and he says it shows you yourself. So you're going to love this movie reference. You had this nailed. When Yoda sends Luke into the swamp by himself to be alone to, to, to show him himself, he says, what will I find there? He says, only what, what you, you will take with, with you. you yeah. So it's it's basically like going on a vision quest. Um, it's likened to all that where you sit in solitude for a length of time because nothing outside of you is stimulating you. Everything is coming from within. So you are, you know, and all um, all there is. So is do you to think this clearly. Is, this was this was Def working out his process working out the answer or did you think no, he was part of it i thought he started reading it then because so he is an extremely anxious high high um anxiety person yeah has panic attacks you can tell all the time and everything just got ratcheted up you know when yeah. when alpha goes to the back room and starts pissing all over the paper sure. and telling hey you can come hold it you know there's i mean the tension in the room is going Let alone quite it's going to smell like piss in that room thanks <laughs> alpha so I think at this point, him being who he is, kind of wants out of this. So he's giving them yeah. the full clues for the movie. So, so not only are they spiritual, they're actually clues for solving interesting. the whole thing. Interesting. What um, if White taking a piss in the corner made the guard like put him over the top? What if I it, just want to know if that guard, the guard shit himself does he have because to pee? he's here in like, the water does he have run. To pee. <laughs> We spend a lot of time. I, I, I just didn't think about it until now. <laughs> but so, Mr. Brown suggests that it's it's actually a big experiment, and this tied into the last movie actually, where he said it's four men, four women, equally matched. This is uh, the board is betting on us. Yeah. So he thinks it's they've all got the job. Maybe they're yep. all supposed well, to work together. I thought Cabin in the Woods as soon as he was describing that. Sure. Yeah. I'm like yeah. here's all these people <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Pulling the levers. And they, they start to hone in on what the company is. And a a startup is mentioned. Dark. And dark. It, dark yeah, she mentions a startup. About, like she knows way too much and about this company. For good reason. But then we get a couple more reveals. Um, Mr. Brown reveals himself as a gambler. He says, I'm a gambler. Uh, dark calls him out. And and he has, you know, has the coin. Yep. And he presupposes she is a shrink or has knowledge of psychological medicine, which yeah, he doesn't he, refute. He, he says, psychologist or psychiatrist, I forget the difference. And she says, I am a student of um, human behavior. Right, right. Yeah, which comes back later. Which is kind of fun. So you're starting to peel back the layers of who these people are and why they're yeah. where they are. Yeah, and after I watched it, you know, the second or third time, I really started to realize how each character was you know showing showing their true good side and bad side throughout yeah. this whole thing who they were yeah very good job because up to this point you have blonde who's not making a lot of waves like i realize in, in our discussion about the movie up to this point we have not talked about her much and you could say sweet like <laughs> I, that that may be me you know, let everybody else just bark at each other and you just kind of sit back and, yeah. you know, let it unfold and use your own process. Don't freak out like the guy speaking French. But then 
Yeah, and there's a lot of dialogue, and, and that could be a detractor for this movie. The middle may be dialogue-heavy. I particularly like it in this. But they start to settle on the fact that the company that they may be interviewing for has this elusive CEO. And he hasn't been seen since the initial IPO, and that may be why they're there. Yeah, and they, they discover um, – or. Well, basically, Brown and Dark are going at it. You know, they're they're butting heads. And it's interesting why and who butts heads. Yeah. Because Dark, you know, she seems like a know-it-all, I guess. So maybe she's sticking her nose in and so she's just there. But Mr. White is the most aggressive. And then it kind of takes a turn. But Dark starts to share that she knows a lot. And she talks about the CEO. And the quote is, the CEO is hands-on. He micromanages all important aspects of the company. And she suggests that aside from the invigilator. I, do, <laughs> I am the Terminator. Invigilator. Whoa, cheesy. Why did it? Uh, <laughs> that um, aside from that person, that the CEO is behind the glass as well. And that he would be whatever decision this is, is so big that he would be hands-on. Because this is company. exactly how he would do it. Little do we know. And Dark then mentions that she applied for the job. Because they question her, right? Why do you know so much? And she's like, why don't you know any of this? Yeah. So all of them applied except for two of them were... were Mr. White and Mr. Brown were headhunted. Yes. Because they got people. They they know they, they're on... Uh, what's that? What, what's that site, you know, for the job? Not, not Indeed, but... In, I don't know what we just it's talking some about. Some nerdy here. discussion now. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk employment websites, guys. Yeah, yeah LinkedIn. There you go. Yeah, they they're Sweet on LinkedIn. They're reference. on LinkedIn, and all the other power players are not. No, he says they got people. We trust our yeah. agents or whatever. And then, <laughs> Mr. White said, all he knows it's a Fortune 500 company manufacturing state-of-the-art technology in a core service industry. So they all start revealing they know bits yeah. and pieces about well, this. And really, White just cared about the salary and benefits, which, right. you know, the, the douche that he is, that's all he would care about. So I, I've got another recording. Uh, I'm, I'm shocking you and the Bonus. audience. Because, um, and this is not a knock against British accents or anything, but Mr. White has a very strong British accent. And did you notice how he says the word balls? Yes. It's like bulls. And then they panned uh, each each of the three girls in the room. But he, he pauses. So I recorded this because it's so great. The way he says bulls. Here we go. Oops. <laughs> nope. Wow. He sounds amazingly oh, yeah. like the invigilator. Sounds like the invigilator. <laughs> All right. Take two. Bulls. You didn't want to know any more than that? The deal was no questions asked. Yeah, anyway, we trust our agents. Anyone would have done the same in our position. Anyone with balls. <laughs> All right. One more. That's how James Bond would say it. You didn't want to know any more than that? The deal was no questions asked. Yeah, anyway, we trust our agents. Anyone would have done the same in our position. Anyone with balls. <laughs> Pan to each woman in the room and their reaction to his balls. Balls. <laughs> if they had balls. Um... I, I again not a not I, I I love the British accent in all of its forms, but that that made me laugh real hard, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not sure it was supposed to, but he he leans into balls. Um, then they find themselves talking about 
a virus that materialized 10 years ago, and now we're on a... Yeah, they're brunette. They're focusing in on brunette after after those two are done arguing and, and about her, why she knows... Uh, it was about the, the virus, why well, she knows about it. She Yeah, because and her she, partner is infected. Yeah, she admits that. They thought she was infected. And, and they then, they real they she, they say that they realize the name of the company is Biorg. Dark told them that because she works in HR she for works the company. In HR, yeah, which comes out when they're about to stop her. <laughs> and I, I checked. Biorg is a real company located in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Shut up. Um, I'm sure, I don't know how old they are, but it, it's such There's a generic really, Biorg. Is it older than 2009 when the movie came out? What, I, I don't know. I didn't. I just checked real fast. What if somebody watched this movie? That's the name of our company. They've been just, you know, they were they were a bioorganic company, and they're like, "What do we call our company?" Yeah, it's like seven trillion dollars they've got in the coffer, and they still don't have a name. Bioorg. <laughs> so, do you, do you believe that they're all just kind of slowly recognizing what this is based on the news? Like, oh, I'm putting this together. Oh, it must be Bioorg. Because oh well well Dark says it's Bioorg, right? Is she the one who who mm-hmm. says that's okay? That's the name of the company. So they must recognize it because they're so big and they're so prolific. Right, and she lets out that they must have solved this pandemic because of the hiring that they're doing right now. Yeah, she said they they found a cure. Yeah, that's the the inside track. So that kind of ratchets yeah. everything up because that makes this job like the ultimate job. Yeah, and. So a lot, I guess a lot comes out in this bit. Yeah. Was that too much for you? Like, like, was it too much exposition? No, no. The whole movie's exposition, but they he doesn't like just spill it all out. It it, yeah. it plays out, and there's some show it don't tell. Was was like when Brunette says, um, "That's what a pandemic means." Everyone knows somebody that's affected by it. Yeah, and I'm like, that just hit me like a sledgehammer. I didn't remember. Here we are sitting in COVID, the middle of COVID, and I'm. This was written. Twelve years ago. Well, I mean, th- th- there were other, you know, other other things that had occurred yeah, around there that was, time, but there was no world pandemic. I I forgot the word pandemic was in this movie. She and in uh, brunette's the one that said. I, I remember there being something, and that's why I thought sci-fi. You know, at this point, I thought, okay, sci-fi. You don't see the world outside. I assume the world outside is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> There's zombies. Everybody's eating each other. <laughs> Um, and this is the one job left yeah. that'll carry you through. <laughs> and again, when you got escorted out that room, you are fed to the fucking you... zombies. <laughs> Do they've domesticated somehow? Are they fast or slow ones? Fast. I like fast. Fast zombies. ones scare me. Yeah, like World War Z and Legend Fast. Yeah. Fuck. And the 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 Dawn of the Dead remake. Um, yeah, because so, they're not fast in the first one. No, they're not fast. But in the we first. we hear about. Fast and the Furious, did you say? That was yeah. We you, could watch that yeah, right now. I, do you see how he sidetracked so easily? He would. There's he a big would, TV in here. We could watch that right now. Vin Diesel. Um, so a lots a lots um, revealed. Brunette's partner is infected. Mr. Black's wife died from it, and he's a carrier. He said, "I didn't he understand did. that." Which means, I guess, that he can. He was exposed, but maybe he's immune. But, but it hasn't. Yeah, he's immune. He's got can, it in his body. Because there's something with him at the end. But he's not having the symptoms. That I had to look up. So, And, and that's interesting because yeah, that, of what that, happens with Mr. White. Bl- the thing they call the blender, the magic. Yeah. <laughs> so what they, what they all uh, land on is that the CEO is hiring an assistant. That must be what this is. Yeah, one one or many, but I think they end up 
believing it's one. And I, but for a while, I think they they think it's it's all of them. They're being hired as a team, and what's going on is so huge that you need all these people. But why whittle them down? Yeah, they're they they're just trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, they have no idea. So this is when Brunette goes through the guard's pocket, right? For the for yeah, the, isn't it? It doesn't she she looks into the the two way mirror there and uh, oh douchebag is going yeah you just fucked yourself um, because you know you said about your partner and this and that oh right 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 and right then, yeah and then, oh right 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 <laughs> and then she walks up to the <laughs> the two way mirror and doesn't ask and very smartly doesn't ask doesn't say right? anything she yeah. says she says no I'm an asset because. Um, because of my partner's situation, I would be loyal right. for the rest that was of my a good life. Moment. That was a good moment. Yeah, because if she had said it the wrong way, she'd have been thrown out. Yeah, that so was a good she moment. didn't ask for Yeah, it was a good That was a really good good poll. And they um, – so what prompts Brunette to go through the guard's pockets? Why is it her? Because it's such a – She's taking the lead. It's such, yeah, Boy, she it kind of. Right after yeah. she just did that whole thing, she's like, and so she wants to get the sprinklers. D- Douchebag set her off, man, and she said, "Fuck." This. So she starts rooting through the guards' pockets and finds a lighter. Yeah. Oh look, what, what was Douchebag's line? Uh, is he happy to see you? Or, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> what a perv this guy. <laughs> well, she is. And what got they, her hands down what in they find pockets. Is water doesn't work, and this light doesn't work is what leads to I think a real sinister spot in the movie. Is where Mr. White does the trick and gets Brunette kicked out of the room. Yeah, well, they come up with the idea, I forget who, that uh, in the sprinklers, the fire suppression system in the room doesn't necessarily have to be water. It could be the chemical that develops photography, f- uh, you know, and photo paper. But I think the previous lighting situations would have ruined that. So. Yeah, this was the idea. Yeah, so she gets she gets up on the chair with the lighter and and is holding it up like three feet away, as high as she can, which is going to have no effect on the sprinkler, and it doesn't. It's 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 too far away. You need smoke or you need the heat to break the little mercury tube in it, um, and that's what sets the fire suppression system off. So it doesn't work rightly, and then douchebag, you see him do a little sleight of hand over at the table. He went from alpha to douchebag, you know? <laughs> you are leaning into the D word, sir. Yeah, yeah. Am I getting fired up, folks? Here we go. And uh, hands her the paper to light on fire, which she thinks is number two. Is number, number two's, two's leftover, leftover. Um, experimental material. Yeah. So she lights it, holds it up there, gets the whole thing to go off. Now, we're going to regress here, but two of them are holding their papers. And black is who they're focusing on, right underneath the water just pouring down in that paper. Paper is just soaking wet. I ask you in the British sort of way, is that not spoiling? Oh. The papers are drenched. Okay. They are no longer in the condition that they were in when they sat at the table, when they first sat down. Is that not spoiling? It's a real damn pickle. This is a pickle. (laughs) And my, my, my British accent. We may I need to for. stop the podcast right now. This well, is not, only, not only uh, Black, but yeah. there was another guy holding, <laughs> I think it was Alpha. If if candidate number two was kicked out for writing on it, I yeah. would assume that. They, I mean, these papers movie. are drenched. Right, we're done. We're d- <laughs> we just trash it. So <laughs> that might be a glitch. But if they, to their defense, 
If you're upset about it, email us. Tell yeah, us and, uh, they, how you feel. They never define the word spoiling, and that was yeah. brought up by... That's a good point. Who was it, Brown or Black? Yeah. And that right in the beginning said, we have to define what spoiling means. Yeah. But they kind of left that hanging. That's true. Well, I mean, the the trick that Mr. White plays on Brunette is is pretty clever because she burns her own paper and is escorted yeah. out. So after, yeah, after the these drenched papers show nothing... She goes back to get hers, to, to check hers, and she's like, where's my paper? Where's my paper? Cut Burned to, cut to the, the robotic guard looking into the room and walking towards her. And then, they, yeah, yeah, they show her paper. That was Who may or may not have, have pooped his pants at this point. We don't know. As, well, he is wearing brown pants. <laughs> oh, that's, that's probably why they dressed him that way. So then White doubles down, and I think this is, regardless of how the end is, Super sinister. He goes to Mr. Deaf, and he obviously just a, a shell of a man and shaking and muttering in, in French. He convinces Mr. Deaf to tear his own paper and eat, eat it. it. Yep. Which, what I know about the end of the movie, I'm like, pretty baller move, well, guy. He just wanted out of that room. Deaf at that point. Yeah. Just he just wanted out. And pretty, I mean, so he allowed himself acting. to be sacrificed so that he could get out. Yeah, because he's, you know, he's not a Type A clearly, and all this, all this stuff. Is, and you're thinking maybe he's just a weird kind of twitchy weirdo, a, but he's having a panic attack. You know, maybe he's super smart and he can't handle it, and right. yeah, off he a, goes. He's a who's the he's a Tesla. You know, yeah. locked himself up in a New York apartment. And things escalate. Mister Mister Black is the first to. To violence, punches White and knocks him out, and he's tied to a chair. And it's revealed that Mr. White is infected with whatever this virus is. I should knock your lights out. That's a that's good what, good line. That's what Black says. Punch your lights out. Punch it, yeah. Nobody says that anymore. And uh, he gives him a nice right, uh, nice right cross. And down, they tie him up, and down he goes. You realize that, it, and he's he's he tries to be sympathetic. I don't think he really is, but he needs no, a pill. Yeah, Which it, we realize he's the guy in the intro. Now it's chomping on the blue pill. It's Black's turn to come unglued. You know they all kind of take their turns. Not all. Well, I'm still I'm still clocking Mrs. Blonde at this point. One of them. Yeah, we'll get that to the. We'll wait. We'll save that for. Save that for the end. Um. So he's knocked out. Ties him up in the chair, right? And uh, some of the other ones are obje- are objecting. Yeah, everybody's. I mean, and then they won't give him the pill. Well, they can't find it. Yeah. And he well, said, it's in my pocket, it's in my pocket. And interestingly, it's dark that figures it out. Where's the gum? Can I have a piece of gum? Oh, she because sees him chomping Mr. On the Brown gum. stashed the pill under the yeah, desk. Yeah, and then the she gum. checks his desk and yeah. finds the pill underneath. Then the pill is knocked into a grate, and then Mrs. Blonde... Uh, yeah, falls, falls to the floor and goes down in a ...decides grate. to help him. Well, he goes into convulsions and... So they don't think he's infected, but but he clearly shows physical manifestations of being infected. And then then we have Mr. Brown takes up the alpha position, and he continues his feud with Dark and ties her up. Right? right? Yeah, yeah. The pill is down in the grate, and then they just kind of forget about yeah. Mr. White. So he's, he's passed and, out. And, like, and then okay, it, we're just going to let him die. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, they did say he goes into a coma and then could be could be saved after oh, right. the eighty minutes. I jumped so they ahead kinda, with they kind of play Mrs. that. Mrs. Blonde out. getting the thing, and but, then uh, yeah, then the gambler, Mr. Brown, 
Yeah, he he, he gets aggressive, and it, it is revealed that he was a soldier. Yes, I thought that was interesting. He, yeah, gambler and a soldier. Yeah, so then he he's going after dark, and the the paper cut thing. Yeah, this was. Well, how does he tie dark? He ties dark to a chair. Yeah. Oh, he snuck up behind. He took off his belt, came up behind her, and uh, got her got her arms into the loop of the belt and and snugged it up. And none of none of the other ones the verbally, a couple of verbal issues, yep. but nobody physically came. No, I take it back. Black came, and then Brown turned and punched him in the solar plexus and dropped him. And in the he's, solar he's plexus. Ga- yeah, that's where he hit him. He was gasping for air. People are going to have to look that up. But I Can found you say, what's the no, pedestrian up, word for it? <laughs> what's the pedestrian word for solar plexus? No, that's what you call it. It's it's right where the ribs come together. So what, in the what center, Tom just is trying below to say that. is chest. No, no, no. It's below the chest. So where your ribs come together and meet, if you it's push in there. It's upper abdomen. Right below. It's it's what, when you get the wind knocked out of you, that's what happens. <laughs> so when you punch somebody like, in the solar I, I, plexus. Cool, mom. <laughs> Go, mom. <laughs> it's it, it when it happens. It's a goddamn nightmare. But if you, you think rem- you're gonna die, if you, you remember <gasps> early in the movie, though, Brown challenged Black, and he and Black turned on him like he was gonna punch him, and he backed off. Yeah. So here's a complete reverse. You know, the other he's trying to stop him now, and he turns and and he turns and punches him. And we got uh, Mr. Brown, who is looking to take a piece of paper and paper cut torture Mrs. Dark. And she's already got scars or, or cuts well, on yeah. her inner thigh from well, he paper does, cuts. He does a demo on his own finger with a wonderful speech about one twig of a tr- one sliver of a tree, and then he cuts his own finger but with why it. does she have already cuts on her inner thigh? She's, she was self-mutilating because Daddy didn't love her enough or something like that is what he said. Ooh. He's like, somebody was there before me. And nobody objects when he's raising her skirt up. I jumped right past this to the uh, him trying to paper cut her eyeball. Well, it was right after that. Because that's when it started to get real. And did you notice that Dark looked at the guard with like a, help me? He said, go ahead. Ask she, him for help. She she looked at him. You could like, yeah. dude, we just had lunch together three days ago. You know, we, we're colleagues. I cleaned what are you up doing? your bathroom <laughs> after you shat all over. <laughs> I don't think HR typically does that. <laughs> well, you know, a good one. But um, this is when Mr. White wakes up. Uh, Mrs. Blonde well, finds the pill. We and- should probably resolve the eyeball. He's holding this paper and going to do a paper cut across her open eye. And and why is he doing all this? Because he believes she knows what the question is. She is a plant. But Mr. White has already stated he knows what the question is. Well, he believes she's a plant from the company. Oh, right, in there. right, 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 right. So he's he's doing forcing, <laughs> forcing Levine, and he he, he, he fakes her out. She doesn't say anything because she's not. I well, mean, she's not. Yeah, she breaks down and says she doesn't know, and yeah. he says she's telling the truth because he's a gambler and can tell. Yes, we and, and he lets her free. And then a Kenny Rogers song starts and. Fade to black. Got to know when to hold him. <laughs> so Mr. White gets his pill. He wakes up and he's. How does he get his pill, Ryan? Yeah, I said that earlier. But Miss Blonde Mrs. reaches Blonde. into her ponytail and pulls out a pair of tweezers, which we all keep in our ponytails. Is that like the the 
principal's assistant from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She I keeps don't... pulling shit out of her hair. Yeah, and then she, she gets and... a tweezer and then mm. pulls it out of this gross, gunky uh, drainage thing. Oh, he doesn't that... care at that point. He's unconscious. Because he eats the pill and he wakes up and he's still a dick. <laughs> Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> it's the equivalent. First, first words out of his mouth is, fuck no, oh, what the hell. He's still a dick. And he's... <laughs> He tries for the gun out of the guard's holster because they realize this guard is not going to do anything. He stands there. That's kind of a, again, yeah. a pretty good idea. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how that idea came up because he looks, they both look at the guard and the gun at the same time. Yeah. Him and Black, are, and Mr. Black arg- are arguing. But Mr. Black gets it and he tries to shoot it and it doesn't shoot because it's a fingerprint ID we find, which is kind of an interesting idea. Yeah, you see in other movies. Yeah, he who's he? He's shooting. He's shooting White. He's shooting. Uh, yeah, he's trying stuff. to. He's trying to shoot Mr. White, and then this is where my favorite part of the movie comes in because Mr. White realizes is it's a fingerprint. I did laugh at this, but it's a fingerprint ID gun. So he grabs the gun. He put it puts it in the guard's hand, and then he starts yeah, <laughs> humping the guard. <laughs> Trying to make him stand to order while he tries to shoot. He's a whoever he, he can. Yeah, he's just it's it, it is and very the, the goofy. look on the guard's face. He's just, he's just, no look. Nope. He's just like <laughs> nope. Oh, just this, following you around. Oh, gonna tell the missus about this today. This is a messed up day. <laughs> I have no mind of my own. I shit my pants, and this guy's trying to use my hand to murder another man. Um, how does he get the gun away from Black? Shit. I don't know. Not relevant, but he does. And this is when he puts the gun on Mr. Brown, and Mr. Brown's just like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Which, do you think he kind of gave up a little? I, I mean, he said it's not worth all of this. He recognized he was headhunted. Maybe he's too good for this, and he just leaves. That's He's the only one who leaves willingly. Well, he's not threatened. A, so he's pointing the gun at the other three in the room, you know, holding it with the guard so we know the gun's c- gonna work now and and brown is going uh <laughs> he's going he's stepping towards blonde because he was just going to spoil his paper and then he's stepping towards blonde and he says no 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 you'll be leaving by yourself he was going to grab blonde as a body shield yeah and he stopped him and they realized that when they tied mr white to the chair they thought about throwing him out of the room but he had to leave willingly that's part of the rules yeah. so there are rules that are governing this whole yeah yeah and it was blonde that stopped them from doing it so at this point i'm kind of clocking her like she's been well subtle she's the compassionate one true she's been she's the one that's been defending she saved white's life yeah she saved him from arguably the, the worst person in that room she without decides. question so then i without, thought i don't even think there's an argument maybe there's a reason for that because yeah. i mean well, i guess nobody wants to you know willingly Maybe Most this job will require compassion, Brian. Maybe this job that they're applying for will require someone that's compassion. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so at this point, it's a mess. Everybody's just kind of... Well, he's still got the gun out. Brown is gone. So we have blonde left and black left and him pointing the gun at both of them saying, okay, you, yeah. you're, you're next out the door. And then... They so Blonde walks by him. They had a plan, though. And unbeknownst to anybody, she taps him on the shoulder, which 
had been stabbed by a pencil, by the way, taps him and says, ready. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. And she walks out the door. You think she walks out the door? Yeah. This is good. This And I, she no. yells, lights, lights out. out. yeah. Which we forgot to mention, the lights in the room are voice activated. Yeah, the room is voice activated. So the room goes black. Mr. Black attacks. <laughs> and it doesn't work out for him very well. He gets, he gets, he takes one in the chest. He, he gets shot. Yeah. But we know, we see that Mrs. Blonde has one foot in the room. We see these little high heeled toes <laughs> sticking through the entryway. So there, there was a. So a, she never left the room. There was a plan. And what I think is really cool is Mr. White thinks he has one. He's dead gonna guy. Shoot her. He's going to shoot her foot. Dead guy. I don't think he knows that she still has a foot in the room. Because, yeah, he's he's walking over towards no, he, her well, with, he, with the guard. <laughs> he's hobbling the guard over, you know, humped, humped behind him. And, and then, he's pointing the gun at Oh, her that's foot. right. That's right. Yeah. And then the time expires. Yes. That's, yes. I was like, what the hell stopped him? Yeah. So, the I, clock I mean, goes off. Now we start to get to the, to the twist. Yeah. Well, then he walks over to the two-way mirror. He goes mirror, to the two-way mirror. Screaming, I'm the one. I'm the winner. I did everything in here. And then uh, then the guard turns on him. Puts his hand on his said, shoulder. said, yeah, you're going to leave. Then shows him what? Shows him his own watch that shows that there's 20. 22 seconds three left. Three or four seconds left. Yeah. And then they do a little montage flashback of um, Def pushing the Messing clock Messing with the forward. clock, yeah. pushing it forward. A la Usual Suspects. I think that's that kind of reminds there's, me of that a little parallels. bit. Yeah, yeah. There's, there, he, he drew from that somewhat. And um, what what is interesting is, so you see Mr. Duff complicit in messing with the clock, and Mr. White looks at his own watch and sees there's 20 yep. or so seconds left. And so, so then he immediately sticks a gun to his head and pulls the trigger, but it doesn't go Knowing off. Knowing it's not going to work. But he acted like it was going to. But... That was a pretty powerful. It scene. was. You're like, <gasps> because again, he probably did think it was going to work. It was a really shocking. He was like, I'd like, rather be dead than to lose. Than to lose, which I assume Without saying because that. he's pissed because he's about to be thrown to zombies. Yeah, zombie beavers. They. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we re- we reveal that blonde is still in the room. What I think is kind of cool is. She, I think at this point, you know, the time still hasn't run out. Correct. He, he, thought, it, still, he thought it did. He so thought he's it out, did. So it's just blonde left now. And she sees Mr. Def's glasses on the floor and noticed that he, the whole time, and I didn't get this, was looking through his glasses, looking through a mm-hmm. piece of glass onto his paper. Well, and if we go back to the linguistic part of it, which I love, so... What he said in French was, can you see it in there? It shows you yourself to see clearly as all. And so when she turns the glasses and the piece of glass into a magnifying glass, you see in super tiny letters, question one, one. period. Yeah. So I was still like, okay, what does that mean? Cause I didn't there's get no, that either. There's no question there. It just says question one. And then I think uh, Def comes walking back into the room. Uh, the, Mr. The- Def? Uh, Invigilator and Mr. Def walk in, and then you're like, okay, something's happening yeah. here. Well, she she has the enlightened moment. She figures it out, what question yeah. one is in her eyes. And she says she the She picks answer. the paper up and walks right up to Def 
and hands the paper to him and says, no. And then they do the flashback of the invigorator saying, there's one question before you and one answer. Yeah. And the one answer was? Well, the question was, do you have any questions? Yeah. And which is what he said before you. So, and the answer was no. Now, are you going to attack me after all this? Because all the bad reviews are like, the end wasn't yeah. worth it. Yeah. Here, here's. I'm not going to attack. I'm it's just a gonna twist. Ask a, I'm going to ask a question. What, what if in the very beginning, when he said, "Are there any questions?" The invigorator said that. What if Alpha just said no? Because that's in his character to do that. Well, but he didn't because it wasn't in the script. So that question was but, asked to the director. Because that would that would end it. That would have that question was asked to the director director via Twitter. So I'm not the only one. And he okay. said, "Yep." Or if it was written at any time during the test. Written. Yeah. If somebody wrote written no on, what? on their paper. You can't spoil your paper. No, that's the answer. If you wrote the answer, that's fine. That's spoiling your paper. That that's his tweet, August twenty seventh, two thousand sixteen. Somebody asked the exact question you said. Okay. And if somebody had said no, he said yep. They or, would have been hired. They would have been hired, or if they had written it at any time during the test. Wow. So that that was what he had in mind when he wrote it then. Yep. Alrighty then. And so they 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 find that they have created this rapid regeneration pill. That's what Mr. Black was shot with, and that's why he yeah. comes back. Well, she, yeah, he, he, she said, um, he said, congratulations, you got, you know, Deb. She says, well, I haven't accepted it yet. I have some questions of my own, and really, the big question came down to it, it, killing people. And then he says, what makes you think he's dead? Yep, rapid regeneration pill. So that's exam. Did you like it? I, I mean, did. I something like this is so difficult to write. Yeah. And cast, I mean the casting was fantastic and really those were as far as I know unknown except for you mentioned the one yeah. went on to do all those and we other know, things. You know from the story from his friend. It it you'd think a one-liner, he, he re, right? He reverse engineered this from the ending. What if the question was no? But no. The idea was from his friend. <laughs> but no. <laughs> what if what if 10 school friends had to go in to a test? Yeah. And there was no question on the paper. Yeah. No, it's extremely difficult to write. And he did a fantastic job um, ratcheting it up, you know, as the movie went on. Cool. Well, uh, again, I, I grabbed that that um, tweet from him because I, I had the same question. Okay. What if somebody said no? Yeah, right in the beginning. And Movie's again, over. And he put it he put it to bed, uh, August 27, 2016. So we end with uh, reviews. So I'll start with a bad review. Uh, and it's titled Worst Movie of Our Generation. <laughs> I love these people. This is a one out of ten. Uh, this movie was piss poor awful. Save yourself from 100 minutes of 101 minutes of torture and do not watch this terrible movie. The film is about a bunch of candidates with occupations ranging from soldier, soldier to scientist all applying for the same job. During this job interview, the candidates try to find the universal equation, solve world hunger, cure AIDS, and attempt murder-suicide. <laughs> Did he watch the movie? Yeah. I mean, there's none of that in The there. plot was mediocre and ludicrous and ends with a giant middle finger pointed directly at the audience. Wow. 
So can you imagine being being uh, what's his name, the writer, Hindle? Yeah, he ended. He gave you a giant middle finger, and he goes on. As for character development, well, Bond girls literally have more depth and character than anyone in this movie. <laughs> Pussy galore comes across as a Rhodes scholar when compared to this lot. <laughs> Well, know it well now. <laughs> After seeing this movie, I cried a little. Not because it touched me in a deep emotional way, but because I saw it in its entirety. <laughs> the final scene of the movie filled me with disgust and hatred, causing me to spit at the screen in indignation. Wow. I slowly hunched over into the fetal position. I made a promise that I would one day have my revenge one day, Natalie Cox, one day soon. Do me this huge favor and send him send him a reply in one word. Monty Doro. No. And we'll see if he this feels the same This is a crazy way. person. He, <laughs> You're not you giving him, him your email? <laughs> he would have his revenge one day, Natalie Cox. Which one's Natalie Cox? Blonde. Ooh. He, oh. he wants one. He is going to have revenge. She won. On her. She should be scared. Okay. He's going to, hopefully he's not over in the UK that he's over in the US for. I, I think when compared to this lot, this lot is a British term, yeah. like this group. Fuck. She's in trouble. But yeah, Pussy Galore comes across as a Rhodes Scholar when compared to these ladies. Wow. Which little, I'm not going to agree little with. Little Matt Damon, uh, Rogue Scholar. I'm not going to agree with. Um, all right. This may very well be the hardest thing that I do on this podcast. But I chose a positive review, and I'm going to read it exactly as it's written. And it's heartfelt to me. Uh, this is not a native English speaker, but I'm going to try to get through this the best way I can. Okay. It's titled, My Choose. <laughs> I, I, this may be the hardest thing I do in my life. Are you... To be able to read it. Because your face has got me. I can't. There, I'm not going to keep it There are no either. spaces. There's no. So my choose, not, not my choice. Yeah, my choose. Th- you know, this I, this, I may take this on the road as a, like a performance art piece. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'm going to try okay. not to look at you so you can get through it. I'm like that guy in the Big Lebowski, like, you know, the dude's landlord, like, dude, you coming to my show? I'm doing my cycle. All right. Here we go. My choose. September 2013. This film is more intrigue film. I like this. I'm shocked. This film show we that more people is primacy. And always one change everything. One manage everything. And one make everything. This life. This is real life. While exams start, everyone were equally. As though white is strongman. But when they say he was patient... I think that he had some motive to be inhuman. Next time, I realized that everyone can identify themselves as persons. This film are gives the actual thinking, everything, and choose the best, li- best life steps. So this film is excellent. And everyone who watched this film obliged to consider our life, strength, endurance, strength, endurance, Analysis, empathy, this is our gold, gold of life. Oh, don't know English language very well. 
but I hope that my right is understand for you. Wow. No mention of Pussy Galore at all? <laughs> my choose did not mention Pussy Galore. <laughs> I was so... So that was 10 out of 10 star? Yeah. Okay. Um, I screwed up a few times, and I'm sorry. I, I didn't, you know... I, 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 was, I was taken by everyone who watched this film obliged to consider our life strength endurance analysis empathy this is our gold gold of life <laughs> i think so, so we think he meant goal right As, i don't i have no fucking clue what <laughs> but this is beautiful <laughs> this was it's very heartfelt, heartfelt. Yep. and i i there's there there are a lot of good there are like 196 reviews um a lot of them were good there are a lot of bad ones you know People thought it, it, it hung on on a twist and and that there was too much dialogue. It's it's you know like Twelve Angry Men probably wasn't for everybody in the day. A lot of people can't well, sit it's, through it's that. like a mix between the movie Cube and Twelve Angry Men. You know, I mean, just today with everything being so so fast paced, um, you know, there's a lot of people that just can't can't deal with this type. Yeah. Of. Well. Um, Thank you for watching. I'm glad you liked it. I did. It's a, it's a, you know, it was a, it was fun to dive into it and dissect it, and, and uh, I was study worried the not seeing it for so long, and I'm going, oh boy, this is this is hinging on like one <laughs> kind of believable no, you know, and that leads me to Planet of the Apes and yeah. and, and the first word spoke, but uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's a fun movie and and well done. One location movies are hard to do. Yeah, kudos to. Uh... I wish I could remember his name. His, he had a British flag next to his name too on the uh, credits. Our director. Yep. Oh. Yep. Stuart Hazeldean. There we go. Good job. All right. Well, thank you, Stuart, for your work. Thank you, Todd, for talking about this movie with and, me. And thank you, Ryan, for suggesting it. Absolutely. And Ryan, we will always have. Montedora. Who are those guys? Who are those guys? You'll love it.